Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Reframe. Happy Monday, and Brittany, happy birthday week. Yay! Thank you so much. I mean, I'm just living my last couple of days in my 20s. I don't know. It's really got me thinking about this next decade. Oh, oh, sweetheart. (laughs) 20s were a long time ago. (laughs) Yes, they were. Yes, they were. But thank you. Do you have anything fun planned? Well, you know, we are in the midst of this thing called a pandemic. Oh, yeah. That might impact plans. It has halted um, bigger celebrations, but uh, we're very fortunate that we have a house that we can access remotely in the cab. Wait, what? Huh? (laughs) It's a remote house. You're going to zoom into the house. (laughs) We're going to take a Zoom trip to a cabin in the mountains. No, it's a real cabin. It's in the mountains and it's remote. That's what I was trying to say. There's not a lot of people around. Or running water. Or running water. Yes. So we're going to go do that for a couple days as a family. Oh, that'll be lovely. Yeah. Well, speaking of Zoom birthdays, I want to take this opportunity to publicly thank my friend Nia Wasink, who helped me pull off a virtual birthday party for my eight-year-old last week. Oh, it was so cute. It was a huge success. Huge success. You outdid it, Mom. You really did. Well, she was just so concerned about not having a birthday party or being able to celebrate at school. So I wanted to do something fun, which included uh, dressing in disguise. And anytime there's dress up, I'm in. So in. Totally. Yeah. It was fun. So thank you for helping me navigate the world of Zoom Pro. My my pleasure. And Mission Launch is <laughs> pleasure, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Virtual backgrounds. Who thought that that was going to be a parent's uh, concern with birthday parties? How do I get this custom background to show up when... Whatever. It's a new world. <laughs> oh, drink. Totally. <laughs> new world causes a drink? Well, yeah, I was... <laughs> I was watching this thing the other day about like the buzz terms, like everything that everyone's saying, like pivot, it's a new world. Yeah. Unprecedented, a new normal. Yeah. So I just mentally drink every time I hear one of those. I'm glad it's only mentally since it is 1230 on a Monday. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I got to have some boundaries. (laughs) Well, and actually uh, that is a good segue into this week's topic. Brittany, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about (laughs) forecasting in unprecedented times. (laughs) Uh, I'm laughing so hard because you always make me do that. Always. I know. And there was a second there when I'm like, shit, what are we talking about? (laughs) Actually, I was talking to a friend last week who was, 
and she was asking like how much prep work we do. And I said, oh, you know, we want it to be conversational and casual for each episode. So we don't like script it, but you know, we have an outline, sometimes not enough for what I would like. Sometimes we're fine. And she's like, yeah. And then Brittany always puts you on the spot with like defining big things. And I was like, I know. Bitch. <laughs> you know, what's funny though, is I feel like you, I'm not sure what has happened. I don't know if you've just reached a new comfort level, but you're always the kind of type A organized, have all your notes ready. And that has become really lax over the last couple of months. And I i mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's just very, it's surprising that you've had this more go with the flow. We'll figure it out. I mean, it's just, it's what you got to do during these unprecedented times. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, okay. So actually so, the topic at hand. <laughs> yes. Back you to came it. up with this idea, which I thought was great. And then we decided to expand it a bit. So I think we've got um, an opportunity to talk about both kind of internally, how we do goals and set predictions for the program and, um, and the organization as a whole. But I also think right now we have this opportunity to look at what has been predicted for us as a sector. Um, Ooh. I, I just, I had some fun looking at like, you know, how at the end of every year, people are like, this is what you're going to expect to see in 2020. And nobody expected to see a pandemic, so half of them are just, like, wrong. Just, just Except wrong. for Bill Gates. So, did Bill Gates know that? Well, not in 2020, but, you know, he talked about it in that TED Talk in 2015 or something like that. Really? God, that man's yeah. smart. I know he is. I mean, I guess that's why he's a billionaire or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And you've got a cabin with no running water, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag extreme wealth, hashtag podcast goals. <laughs> this is going to get us there, right? To Bill Gates level. <laughs> yes. Yes. Totally. Uh, so let's start with the big picture stuff just because I have the article in front of me and I think it's hilarious and fascinating. This is from Forbes, uh, a great source for all things nonprofit. That, that was a joke. <laughs> but they have, they do actually have a council, a nonprofit council. Um, and so this is from their council, and it is 12 nonprofit trends we're likely to see in 2020, according to experts. And when was this published? Good question. October 22nd, 2019. I'll make sure to okay. include the link in the show notes. Um, so I want to read this. This is going to be fun. And then, Brittany, you need to tell me if it is still happening in 2020, if this prediction it can still come true, or if there's no fucking way. Okay. okay. I wish I had a buzzard sound. That was perfect. You sound like a buzzard. <laughs> All right. I'll try my best. Okay. Number one, nonprofit networking platforms will increase so that nonprofits can connect and interact with their providers and beneficiaries. What would that be? Give me an example. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, does Zoom count? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I actually think it's happening because we're having to okay. utilize all these new technologies, right? Okay. So then, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> You're easily swayed. Okay. Number two. Well, no, two. I knew. Okay. <laughs> Earned income will be a growing trend in 2020. 
Okay, so this one's really fascinating. Um, you know, I just, I love the nonprofit gossip online. So I think it was maybe even just last week, the, uh, the Chronicle on Philanthropy posted an article about how nonprofits should be adopting more earned income strategies. And it got taken down because Twitter jumped all over them. Like, you fucking idiots. We're not opening thrift stores right now. We're not setting up new earned income. Our economies are shut down. What the fuck are you talking about? You mean people on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the company Twitter. Oh, God. For, Twitter gives you Yeah, I was like, what the hell does Twitter know about no. thrift stores? No, they don't. No. <laughs> Fundraising Twitter, nonprofit Twitter, jumped all yes. over them for the idiocy. Idiocy. There we go. That's the word. Idiocy. Okay. Number three. Yes. Private sector interactions. Uh, wait one sec. I'm just gonna have to read this. Recently, the Business Roundtable issued a statement focused on a corporation's role beyond shareholder value. It decidedly promoted communities, employees, and a more diverse group of stakeholders outside those that measure success and profits. This will drive a more robust conversation and partnership between corporations and the nonprofits that serve the communities in which corporations operate. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think I'm a bit more skeptical on that. Um, <laughs> you don't think that this pandemic has highlighted the importance of nonprofits and that companies have started to take uh, a larger role in their social responsibility? I mean, I, I guess think, it's yet to be seen. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe this is a uh, um, a yet to be seen uh, is our response. Um, what it made me think of actually was our experience last week at Startup Week, where the um, the tag was something like "serving your community" or something, and they that was the theme. Yeah, and the the li literally the only session on nonprofits was ours, which got thrown <laughs> in last minute. So like, they were like, we got the best. We don't need anybody else. <laughs> but like, okay, so if that entity used that tagline, right, service to community, and yet didn't integrate nonprofits, maybe the business community is still not seeing that need for partnership in order to actually benefit the community. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> and, and a little hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yet to be seen for number three. Number four, a greater focus on mission and priorities. Ding, ding, ding. Why do you say that? I feel like every time I give an answer, you look at me. <laughs> you look at me as if I got it wrong. I, I mean, you it's don't... no right or wrong, right? We're just, we're having a discussion. I don't know. Your eyes are telling me a different story. <laughs> <laughs> So why do you think that there'll be a greater focus on mission and priorities? Well, I think for one, I mean, this has really forced nonprofits to look at their, um, their program structure, you know, mm -hmm. and what is in, I hate to say it, but kind of say, okay, well, what's most important right now? You know, mm -hmm. and I know even just with my own organization, we're reevaluating all of our programming, really trying to go back to what is our mission in this time, like to the community? What are, what are we here to do to serve the community? And, um, you know, 
unfortunately halt some of the other kind of bigger dreaming expansion stuff and really have a more pointed focus on mission. You know what? I can get behind that. Oh, look at that. You swayed me. Well done. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Number five, increased utilization and reliance on artificial intelligence. Oh, within the nonprofit sector? Yeah. So I'll read a little bit more just to give you additional context. Virtual assistants and artificial intelligence will make giving easier than ever before. We will simply tell our devices, I'm not going to say them because they're all going to start pinging behind me, you know, the A-L-E-X-A of the world to make a contribution and it will be done. This innovation is going to be a positive game changer for nonprofits. I haven't seen that. But maybe it is at a national level. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it. I, I think that it has the opportunity for both, right? Like I think the big nonprofits will be able to leverage that kind of technology, um, especially like in the donation space. But I think it's going to continue to create a divide for local nonprofits, right? Like our local LGBTQ organization isn't going to be able to jump on those platforms. Like the, the cost right. to participate is just going to be too great, whether that's financial or even just like integrating technology. I do think like on the virtual assistant side that there's opportunity there. And again, I mean, with the technology revolution that's happening in terms of nonprofits adopting it, that I think is actually taking shape. I think nonprofits are leveraging technology in newer and greater ways in 2020 than they ever have before. Um, and so there's potential for, you know, greater AI integration for programming. You know, I think it's been interesting that a lot of the fundraising tactics that I've seen at a national level are pretty old school. I mean, going back to having benefit concerts, you know, on TV. Like, don't you remember? Like, you know, I did remember when I did that little riff of We Are the World. It was beautiful. Yeah. I'll never forget (laughs) that day. But do you remember (laughs) when they had that? And. So I'm oh, significantly God. younger than you. <laughs> uh, that's true. You're, you're only 15. Um. <laughs> but no, I get the concept. I'm with you. I, I've seen the clips. <laughs> right. So to have these, you know, world concerts and asking people to donate or um, I've seen a lot of, I've attended a couple of Zoom comedy shows. One was local, one was national, and it was all a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'm just even thinking of Jimmy Fallon, how he's incorporated that into his show yeah. where each guest comes on and says who their nonprofit is. But it's very old school, like grassroots, you know, it's not, hey, tell a-L-E-X-A to donate to so-and-so right now, or not even a ton of text to give. That has actually been surprising to me too, is that um, these large scale donation, you know, activities are not leveraging that basic technology. But then I was thinking, how many of them are actually being run by nonprofits, right? They're being run by the, the artist who's then donating so they don't even know probably that it exists right yeah. or that it's accessible right that's yeah. interesting mm-hmm. oh gosh we gotta hurry this up otherwise this is gonna be forever 
Um, okay, I'm going to skip around. I'm not going to do all of them because they're stupid. Number seven, <laughs> innovative sustainability. Nonprofit organizations like hospitals and charities. I don't, I don't know why those are two different things. Hospitals and charities. <laughs> will need to ensure they remain innovative and in competing for funding. The sustainability of an organization depends upon its annual budget. What? And the right people to carry out its mission. Public-private partnerships help in addition to various diversified funding. Organization must invest in technology to drive innovation to remain sustainable. Can I say that that entire statement was just all buzzwords and I <laughs> don't know that it says anything whatsoever. <laughs> So they're saying that nonprofits are going to have to invest in new technology? Specifically around sustainability and finance. Oh. I mean, but the, again, this is specifically for hospitals and charities. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want us to make broader generalizations. <laughs> well, what do you think? I mean, this goes back to our sustainability episode, right? Like, what even is that? How does one achieve it? And I don't know that, like, we're, we need something truly innovative to get there. Um, sure. I mean, I actually think that the way for nonprofits to get to greater sustainability, to ensure that our missions are growing, that our programs are able to serve more, the onus is actually on the philanthropy side, right? Yeah. Like, we're not going to come up with some silver bullet that's going to save our nonprofit some new diverse type of funding that we've never thought of before. Like we, right. we need philanthropy to shift. And until that happens, it's not going to massively change the sector as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Which actually made me think, um, so there was this article this weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> this is, is this going to be a two hour long? Episode. It might be. Um, <laughs> Because now, I mean, but this is it. This is like what you and I do. We start talking about fundraising and nonprofits and it just like keeps going and going and evolving into new things. I so. know. It, yeah. So there was this article this weekend um, and I saw it pop up through, I don't know, the internet somewhere, um, basically saying, stop bullying philanthropy. What? And Who wrote it? I, I'm, I'm Which foundation? Which foundation posted that? I'm going to find it. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Uh, but because of that, people started coming after Vu and his hashtag crappy nonprofit or ca crappy funding practices. Yeah. Uh, and saying that that's a form of philanthropic bullying that we're doing, which, oh my gosh, it just made me so angry. Like you are missing the point. Completely. If, if I mean, you want to talk about ivory towers. These incredibly wealthy people are feeling hurt because we're saying that they could do things better. And so we should stop. We should just be fucking grateful for the, the pittances that they throw around. Fuck you. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just stemming from an even greater place of privilege, completely missing the point and making it all about them. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's what philanthropy has been historically, right? Right. Yeah. And we're, we're asking for that to shift and change so that we can actually, you know, like, I don't know, make a fucking difference. Well, you know, VU is considered a disruptor and I don't know, maybe people could argue we are a little bit too. Maybe I someday. hope so. Hey, I hope so. <laughs> Hashtag disruptors in training. 
Oh my god, oh, that's cute. It's so good. It's so good. It just came to me. Um, but what do they say? If you're not upsetting someone, then you're not affecting real change. I don't know. Maybe I made that up, but it's something like that. <laughs> that felt a little meandery to be like a real powerful statement, but I get the, the gist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy. And no, it doesn't surprise me that people would take issue with what he has to say. Well, and when you're confronting power dynamics and structures like that, of course, people who hold the power are going to say, stop it. And they're yeah. going to say it with conviction and authority, which they have because of their power. Um, and it's what has been neat, though, is to see all of these folks jumping on and saying, wait a minute, this is fucked, right? Like you are continuing to perpetuate so many negative systems that are truly hurting people right now, right? Like people are suffering in the U.S. right now because of these systems of power that have been ingrained in a ton of different ways. I mean, we could talk about tax law. We could talk about how our nonprofits are structured. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. People are hurting and you are protecting your position instead of actually listening to us saying that you could actually, you know, reduce or mitigate some of that harm. With no extra cost to you. Right. I right. mean, that's what's so baffling about this whole DAF conversation or argument is you've already made the contribution. You've already gotten the fucking credit for it. Right. So what does it matter if we're saying, look, you could actually help this problem even more by releasing more of what you've already set aside for charity? Hashtag half my daff. Half my daff. Right? Well, people are dying. Right. Literally dying. And it's like, come on, get with it. And yeah. people are offended. Like, how how could you, like, tell me what to do with my money? That argument makes me so angry. If you don't understand the people that you have impacted to gain your massive amounts of wealth, I don't even know how we're going to have this conversation. If you genuinely think that that is your money, that you made yourself, Michael fucking Bloomberg, you're missing the point. Yeah. I know. It's so, it goes so deep. What were we talking about today? <laughs> How did I bring up Michael Bloomberg somehow in this conversation? I don't know. This is totally, that's funny, the rabbit hole we've gone down. So let's just, let's digress, step it back, and let's do one more of your prophecies. Do you have okay. one? Okay. This is the last one that I think we need to cover. Number 12, more women of color in leadership positions. But not going to happen. Not going to happen. <sighs> Fuck. I think you're not right. this year, this year. I mean, yeah. in 2020, I mean, I would love for that to be the case, but well, it's funny. I mean, it, there's still the statistic that organizations led by people of color get less funding than their brother and sister organizations. And we're in a funding crisis right now. So it's hard for me to believe that that would be an area of progress. 
Well, I, yeah, and I think what exacerbates it, I, God, I can't believe it, but it came out in Vu's blog today, of course. Of uh, course. Where he he's highlights the fact that organizations are putting their DEI work on the back burner. Um, although he used a, a new acronym that he coined, and I can't remember what it was, but I'll, again, put the link in the, the show notes. But, you know, organizations basically being like, oh my God, we just have so much going on right now that we... That is ancillary to the issue at hand, (laughs) which again is fucking ridiculous. I mean, we know that black and brown people in America are dying at higher rates than white people. Right. So if we are not addressing DEI issues while we're rolling out, whatever our COVID response is right now, we, we are not only missing the boat, we're potentially perpetuating more harm. Yeah. And so the fact that that even had to be raised as an issue though, I think you're right. Like- if nonprofits are backburnering their DEI work, we are not going to continue to increase the women of color in leadership positions like we need to be doing. Yeah. It's awful. Well, folks, thank you for coming on this journey with us. It is not where we intended to go. <laughs> like I, this, as Nia said at the beginning of this episode, it was my idea for this topic. And yet, we have not talked about anything that I originally had planned to discuss. Well, so that just got, means... We've got a future episode in the works already. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, And another faux pas that we made is that we are, um, for the first time in a long time, recording two sessions back to back. And so next week, next week, hashtag holiday weekend. Exactly. Which we want to bring up and say, and talk about in just a second. But, um, next week's episode, we will talk as if it was this week's episode. Right. Is that what happened? I'm so confused. We are going to suspend time and space. So just go on that journey with us. It'll be a ride. I don't even know what our takeaways are from today. I'm so confused. I, I mean, I think we hit some good stuff, though. If they want takeaways, go back and listen to the fucking episode and you'll get them. <laughs> I think it's that nobody knows what the hell is happening. Yeah. So I, I do think that that is genuinely the takeaway we were hoping for. <laughs> so we're just going to stay in the present. Keep uh, fighting the good fight week by week. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. And, but we also want to make sure we take a pause and recognize Memorial Day. Yes. Memorial Day. Uh, Happy Memorial Day. There's a reason that many of us have the day off and it is because of Memorial Day. So uh, in lieu of parades and things that would have normally happened, you know, take a moment out, think about whatever that means to you and, uh, in your culture or country, um, so that you can have a moment of reflection. You know, both of my grandfathers served in World War II, and it used to be a, um, tradition of my family that every Memorial Day, we would go and visit my grandparents and we would take, uh, flowers out to the cemetery Oh, and nice. put them on the gravestones of our ancestors. 
And so it makes me think Memorial Day will always make me think of my grandparents. And it's been interesting seeing these comparisons um, of this time versus the time of World War II. Mm-hmm. And I know they had a special or they had a segment on the Today Show last week of World War II vets who are still alive mm. discussing what it was like for them and what this is like here and with coronavirus being so very different, but yet um, creating so much disruption, you know, within Mm -hmm. our daily lives. And, you know, here these are gentlemen that are, you know, 100 years old, and they're talking about how they've never experienced a fight like this against something so pervasive Mm -hmm. and unseen. And, um, I don't know. It just, it gave me great pause to think about what, what that was like for my grandparents' generation at that time. Yeah. It's a really nice thought. Uh, so I'm, I'm just gonna throw out real quick that, you know, now that you're about to enter into your fifties and you're watching the Today Show. Oh my um, God. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. You know, the new things you pick up in pandemics. Oh, my gosh. Love Anyways, if, if we're still friends a week from now, stay tuned for yet another episode. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com. And by now, if you've been listening to us, it almost goes without saying, but if you do have the capacity right now, it is time to step up and support your local nonprofits. Please give and give generously. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com. And Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.